everybody and welcome to another episode of the Beauty and the Beast podcast. We are back. We didn't record last week because we were just having a rest really and that's okay. Um, But we're back today and today we are talking about working from home. Are you working from home at the moment? Are the kids getting on your nerves? Are the pets getting on your nerves? Are you procrastinating a lot? What are you doing? We're talking to a few people about that. And we're also talking travel again, but this time we're talking destinations. So we're all dreaming at the moment about going on holiday and we're gonna get some amazing information about certain destinations in the world and what we can do there. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. talking working from home as you know if you've listened to other episodes or if you know of me um i closed my beauty studio uh, just the week before lockdown actually um to ensure that obviously all our clients and staff etc were safe um but i have been creating press on nails um bespoke press on nails at home so i've been um doing that and also writing a lot of blogs and producing this podcast and what have you um, and i've also been working for a local college too marking assignments etc and i must admit it's not easy because uh you know there's loads of distractions you know i've got five dogs and you know they're barking to go out especially in the nice weather or they want something um, I haven't got any small children, so that's not really a massive distraction. But obviously, we're homeschooling as well uh, for my daughter, um, who's 14. So, you know, you've got to sort of give up some of your time in the day to, to help and support with that too. So it's it's hard to juggle everything, a lot harder than it would be if you were just going to one place of work and you could just concentrate on that. So, yeah, I found it really difficult and I'm really looking forward to getting back to normality, if I'm honest with you. However, it is also quite nice, especially on like nice sunny days like today. You know, you can take your break that you'd usually take a lunch break and maybe just grab a quick sandwich and rush back. But you can go and sit in the garden, have a nice drink, soak in the sunshine. So, that, you know, there's pros and cons to it, really. I wanted to speak to some other people to see how they were getting on. So we spoke to Sarah in Northenden, who's a dance teacher. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Hi, I'm okay. I'm good, thanks. Good. We are talking about working from home on the show today. Um, I've already told our listeners that you're a dance teacher. Do you want to tell me a bit more about what you do? Um, Yeah, so I've got, um, well, three main roles in my role of a dance teacher. Um, I work full-time at a college um, teaching performing arts and dance. Um, I also teach adult uh, fitness uh, burlesque dance um, and I've also got my own children's dance school as well wow that's that's a lot <laughs> that's a lot very busy woman <laughs> yeah so with, with the college then obviously you have been working from home haven't you so how's how's that fair because obviously dance is a very sort of hands-on kind of physical uh, class usually isn't it so how have you been managing to work from home in terms of that um, so it's been a little bit difficult, um, really, because obviously each different college has different policies of how they want their students to work at home. Um, mm-hmm. And our college came to um, the decision that 
students would be set work um, to do from home via our virtual learning environment. Um, so basically how we've worked is every three sort of weeks we set them like a task list mm -hmm. of um, different things that they need to be doing so some of those is kind of like research and theory work um some of those is like doing online um online workouts or um rehearsing bits and pieces that we've rehearsed um and that we've worked at in college mm -hmm. um normally at this time of year they would be working on their end of year shows um so initially when we went into lockdown and we were thinking it would only be for like a short period of time a lot of the work was geared around them continuing to work on those pieces mm -hmm. um but as time went on and we realized it was going to go on for quite a long time um <laughs> thinking of different ways of um kind of keeping them engaged and still developing their skills so uh most recently um my students had to um choose um either a choreographer or a style of dance um that they feel particularly inspired by um and they've had to do some research on that choreographer um and then create a um a practical piece in the style of that person and then they video themselves and then they send us the video in all right and then what do you do do you kind of like mark so the ticket yeah yeah so then i i i will then mark it and give them some feedback and pointers of you know things that they could work on or um develop in future mm -hmm. and um but obviously as time's gone on um it's become more difficult to keep the students engaged when there's only so much really that they can be doing at home on their own yeah um because other other colleges um have been running actual proper online classes um via zoom or like microsoft teams um so you've still actually been able to physically see and teach your students via obviously that medium um yeah, but our yeah. college has decided that oh. we can't do <laughs> well that would be more effective wouldn't it really because then you wouldn't really feel that there's much difference you're just not physically together but you're still getting the same out of it i suppose yeah so like we can obviously direct them to say right can you work on your dance technique this week uh look at this youtube video on ballet for example um and then log how you feel you've developed or you've improved from working on that video. Mm. Um, but really, you've only got their word to take for it that they've been That's doing right. it. <laughs> They're actually doing it. <laughs> oh, yeah. But you're coping, though, you know, in lockdown and, you know, managing um, to get things done. Yeah. I, um, I do. Obviously, as time's gone on, there's like less people that have been kind of doing it, but some of them actually. I think compared to what they were like in college have actually got on or been more productive whilst they've been off. <laughs> oh yeah. And when they haven't got the distractions of, you know, other people in the group. Yeah. Um, and some of them, um, probably some of the ones that I would say are more shy or quiet and lack confidence in a big group of people have actually, um, 
created some really nice work without you know the other people around them which has been quite nice yeah well maybe they just feel more confident to do that in that environment so i suppose that's better yeah. for them, hasn't it that's good yeah. Yeah. so well, other than that working from home yourself then i know you've got a little doggy is uh is she pestering you is she um distracting you at all um i think it depends on the day um <laughs> Um, sometimes like today it's very hot so she's kind of just snoozing or sunbathing outside um, so I try and have a bit of a routine mm-hmm. where she'll have um, she'll have a bit of a walk in the morning or like just before lunch and then um, whilst I'm cracking on with emails and preparing things she'll probably have a bit of a sleep mm-hmm. Um Although she does like to make an appearance when I'm teaching my Zoom burlesque class on a Monday. <laughs> um, so um, she doesn't like being shut out of the room. So I kind of clear all the coffee table and stuff away and I'll teach in the front room with like my laptop set up by the TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and some weeks she'll just lie down and sleep and sometimes she likes to walk in front of the camera um <laughs> center of attention last, yeah last week she walked right up to the laptop and like bopped her nose right on the screen um or she'll like lie in the middle of the floor um last week there was something in the garden so she kept like wanting to go outside and I was like well you can't go outside I'm in the middle of teaching um so sometimes that is a bit of a distraction so when we were only allowed our one form of exercise outside I would take for a walk in the morning and then my husband would take for a walk in the evening for his exercise Mm -hmm. so I think she's been enjoying that but she's really got into that routine now for her two walks a day and she'll know that when um my husband's put like his computer away that that means she's going to go for a walk Oh, she's she, 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 waiting for yeah. it. Bless her. So, how are the how are the Zoom classes going with the burlesque classes then? Because obviously, you usually do it in a venue. So, um, yeah, weird seeing everybody popped up on the screen, or you know, what it what is it what is it like? Um, it was a bit sh- strange at first because Zoom wasn't really something that I'd even really heard about actually before mm-hmm. lockdown. Like, I've never really had any need to kind of go down that sort of avenue yeah um so it took a look it took a couple of weeks of getting used to because the first week first couple of weeks I wasn't really sure how to um use kind of music and obviously with a company that I've been that I teach for um a lot of the other classes they were doing were more fitness based or like stretch based which didn't rely on music as much mm-hmm. which obviously my class being very dance based um music was very essential <laughs> to what I was doing well yeah um so um one lady in my class very helpfully sent me a link of how to share music on zoom mm-hmm. um so basically i play my music um from my laptop and then share the sound with them so that they can hear obviously <laughs> what I hear um 
and that that works really well good um i mean it's a little bit more difficult because you can't really give um students or ladies or whatever you want to call them dancers um as much feedback as you would Mm -hmm. um, in a normal class because obviously you can see them um but you kind of it's a little bit more kind of generalized like oh you on this bit you need to stretch your arm a little bit more um and in other ways it's been really good because it's given people an opportunity to join in with the class who wouldn't normally be able to so um blush dance where i teach um this class in stockport um when i'm teaching burlesque there's normal um there's normally like aerial hoop and pole dance classes going on at the same time Mm -hmm. um whereas with zoom because you can only uh, run one class at a time some of the people who um, haven't had opportunity to do burlesque before because either they're already in a class or they come to classes on another day um, and been able to join in. So actually, it's kind of widened um, widened my participants. That's really good. So do you, yeah, think, so they, do you think in the future then it will maybe change your ideas about the way you're teaching these classes do you think that you could you would maybe run an online one and a physical one or will you just go back to doing the physical classes um i think it kind of depends on how long this situation um kind of goes on for because i've got such a mix in my class at the moment i've got i would say it's probably split 50 50 people who came to my class anyway Mm -hmm. Um, that are continuing Mm -hmm. some have made the decision to um to not join in for various different reasons like I've got a lady who's um got like a hearing impairment Mm -hmm. um so she feels that by joining in with the online class she would struggle to to keep up with it yeah yeah to, to keep up um and I've got a couple of other um, ladies with children who they're like, we're just not going to be able to to do, do it. it. Um, so I think it it depends on kind of how long we can we can do this for. <laughs> um, I've probably got a core of about I think there's about ten to twelve people that come each week. Mm. Um, and I think that works quite well um, because I can see them all on the screen. Yeah. Um, and the difficulty with some of the other classes that, not that I've run, but that I've taken part in, is when you're getting up to like, you know, like 20 or more people, mm. you've got the little squares of people are smaller. I don't think that they could, it might be more difficult actually seeing what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, you have a hundred squares on your screen, you'd be like, Yeah, you wouldn't be able to keep think, up, with them, would you? No, I think that would, um, that'd be a little bit difficult. Mm. Um, but I think once now I've got used to the fact that that's you know how it is, I think I've probably relaxed into it a little bit more. I do think you work harder mm-hmm. doing an online class than, um, in 
a real life class just because you've got to be a lot clearer with your your demos and your verbal cues for them to kind of pick up the routines yeah um and in other ways i don't know i kind of miss the interaction with the people in class yeah i think that's because, the clear, it's the clear problem yeah. with everybody at the moment isn't it you know just having that contact that sort of one-to-one or group contact with people is 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 a bit depressing isn't it really because <laughs> it's nice to go out and do that isn't it you know yeah so like we'll we'll say hello and um things that at, at the beginning but then obviously when the main main part of the actual teaching of the class is going on the easiest way you know for background noise and stuff and people's pets getting in the way um <laughs> including yours <laughs> including mine they um they all get muted oh, I see. and then and then if they've got any questions or anything they just pop up in the chat at the bottom yeah um and then at the end so at, at the end which is quite nice we do like a little group picture mm. so everyone will do a pose that they've learned from from the class and i'll take a little group shot so it kind of tracks their progress That's- and anybody that is um anybody that is really struggling normally after the class i will have like videoed um videoed like the main dance routine part of it and then i can send that to them if they wanted to do you know like some extra practice or anything yeah they can recap over it that's really good so really to be honest with you i think yourself and i know other people have as well i've actually adapted to this way of doing things and i suppose if we didn't have like the technology that we have these days we wouldn't be able to do that so we're blessed in a way that we've some of us have been able to carry on what we're doing because it's actually, yeah you know and actually a lot of um people who are taking part in the classes say that it's really nice that they can still take part because it gives them some kind of normality to what's going on yeah but, definitely. You know, on a monday yeah. on a monday they would come to burlesque and they can still continue to do it's- that yeah, have that part of the routine of their life is still there. You know, yeah. change that much really. That's brilliant, fantastic. So, if anybody wanted to get involved in this online burlesque class, where can we go to? Um, so we've got a page um on Facebook which is called um Blush Burlesque Chair Dance Fitness. Wow. Um, I know it's quite my fault. um and basically all the information um is is on the page so if you are interested you can just pop me a message um on the page and i can send you the link to book on so we have a booking system um with the go team up app Mm -hmm. um and with burlesque what we do is it's an hour class um on a monday half eight till half nine in the evening um we do three or four chair dance um what i call like technique exercises so we'll do like a warm up and then we'll do an ab exercise and a leg exercise um and then we do one that's a bit more kind of dance based um and then we learn um a dance routine um 
and with the online um, classes, we learn the routine over four weeks. So it's like a kind of little four week term. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by week four, we've kind of completed the routine. And then we have normally some kind of theme of dress up. Nice. So like last term we did um, your best leggings and lipstick. So everyone <laughs> has to wear their best leggings and lipstick. Um, and then the one before that we did like a Moulin Rouge sort of themed routine. So everyone got full on. Brilliant. Dress up. Um, so... Yeah, so if they want to come to the class, uh, they can pay um, a one-off, like, £5 a week. Yeah. Or you can book for an online membership, which is £32 a month, but that allows you access to um, another blush class during the week. So if you wanted to have a go at, like, a fitness class or, um, like, a a floor work dance class you could do that and my class as well brilliant that sounds great it sounds like fun and i think yeah. people should definitely get involved and uh yeah so thanks for speaking to me today it's uh, really interesting to learn how obviously other people are adapting at this time um, and working from home and you seem to have it all under control really well it's all it's all about adapting really isn't it and kind of moving with new ways of working yeah definitely but great thank you and um yeah i'll speak to you soon <laughs> i guess thanks so much all right bye it was really great to catch up with sarah there and understand that she has got the whole working from home situation to hand and that the online classes are doing really well Remember, if you do want to get involved in the online burlesque classes, do take down the information she's just given and sign up. Why not? It sounds like fun. So each week we have a feature called Alex Sings on the show where my brother, Alex, um, who is a singer-songwriter, produces a jingle based on somebody's suggested topic. We put out a post every week on Facebook to ask people to suggest what he should write and sing about for the following week. And the last time we put out a post, his best friend, Karis, actually won with her suggestion of working from home while having pets. We spoke to Karis to understand what is the issue with working from home and having pets. And also she introduced Alex's jingle of the week. So every week we uh, put out a suggestion on social media, mainly Facebook, about what Alex Co is going to sing and write about this week. And last time we put the uh, request out, um, we had a lot of suggestions about what he was going to sing. And the winner of that suggestion post was Karis Boss, who suggested working from home with pets. <laughs> Hi, Karis. How are you? Hi, I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm really good. So tell me why you chose that topic exactly. <laughs> to annoy Alex. No, <laughs> um, I have two cats. Everyone yeah. who knows me knows I have two cats. Yeah. And I feel like I've seen a lot of people 
on Facebook posting funny photos of animals whilst they're trying to work from home, like you're trying to type and they're sat on the keyboard or you leave your chair for a minute and you come back and the cat's got his claws in the chair and won't move. So I just thought it was like a funny subject. So you're working from home at the moment, aren't you? Yeah. So what do you do? Tell everybody. So I work for the AA, the breakdown company. Oh, right. And are you getting a lot of calls through still? Um, I don't take calls myself, but we are we are getting a bit more busy on the roadside of things now that lockdown's being lifted. At first, we didn't really have many calls for breakdowns, but it is getting a bit bit more busy now as time goes on. Right, I see. And how are you coping with working from home then, you know, as opposed to being in the office with, with the two cats? <laughs> um. I think it has pros and cons. I do like working from home because you get to just enjoy yourself more on your lunch and your breaks. But at the same time, I do miss everyone in the office. Um, I think the cats are enjoying having us here Mm -hmm. because the use of us, used to me and my boyfriend, Michael, being out the house most of the day. So I do think they're enjoying the attention because they can just sit on my lap whilst I'm typing away. Yeah. But they're not too distracting, yeah? No, not not as distracting as a dog would be, which I do want a dog, but I'm not allowed one. <laughs> well, I've got five, and it's really, it's really annoying because <laughs> even while trying to record this podcast, they're barking or they want something, or um, my husband Ben will be outside in the garden. They're like, oh, I want to go out as well, so everyone's making loads of noise, and I can't concentrate, and I'm constantly <laughs> having to go downstairs and be like, shut up, <laughs> you know, but yeah. So... But you are coping and that's good. I think a lot of yeah. people have just adjusted, haven't they? Because they've had to. Yeah. Brilliant. So you did win the suggestion. So what I'd love Ooh. you to do now is just uh, introduce Alex. Okay. So this is Alex Co with his jingle song about cats suggested by me, his best friend, <laughs> Karis. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks so much, Karis. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Alex. Alex Hey everybody, so this week's task was to write a jingle about working from home with your pets. And this is what I wrote. I got a conference at 9 a.m. But you wanna play walkies at 10 and then I treat to ease your day every time I try to take off my task just strutting around me with your a really off the cuff topic suggested by Caris there but Alex managed to do it again 
I think it's brilliant. We will be posting a video of Alex singing his jingle on Facebook and Instagram story as well. So do check that out when it goes up. And of course, we will be putting out the post for next week's Alex Sings suggestion. So do get involved if you're listening to this podcast or you do see it on my Instagram or Facebook. So we also want to talk about travel again this week, but not as we spoke about it in the last show uh, where we were really talking about troubleshooting the issues with cancellations and the issues with traveling anywhere because of lockdown. What I wanted to do this week is get people excited about traveling again. And we wanted to speak about certain destinations so that we can sort of get more of a gist of what it's going to be like when we get to go on our holidays again. We spoke to Lucy Allen of Not Just Travel about it all. So now I'm joined by Lucy Allen of Not Just Travel. Hi, Lucy. How are you? Hi, Leo. I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm really good. Uh, we've got two themes for the show today. Um, we are talking about working from home, and obviously we're talking about travel, which we'll get to in a minute. But obviously you're working from home at the moment. You know, how is how is it faring? You know, how are you doing? Are you coping or have you got any distractions? What's going on? um well I always work from home actually I am I'm home based so in some respects it's not that different but in a lot of other respects it really is because you know the world is different right now um plus I have a baby boy and normally he goes to nursery a couple of days a week but that's not happening at the moment so I've I've got a lot to juggle (laughs) oh yeah definitely how old's your little boy he's nearly two and he's you know he's delightful he's a real sweetheart but it's it's exhausting (laughs) (laughs) I bet it is but you're coping are you you're trying you're managing to juggle it all yeah we're doing the best we can thanks I mean my husband is working from home too so we're all a little bit on top of each other but it's it's the same for everybody at the moment so yeah we've had a lot of people moaning about uh the husbands and the wives being being together with them more than usual (laughs) (laughs) too too much of a good thing right (laughs) (laughs) absolutely So um, for our listeners, just tell um, everybody a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, um, like you said, I'm I'm Lucy and I'm an independent travel consultant. So I am supported by the parent company, not just travel, but we all own our own franchises and are responsible for looking after our own clients. Um, And basically, I've been traveling my whole life. I used to actually live in Australia and America. So I'm kind of addicted to travel. And so I decided to to turn it into a business. And now what I do is help people organize amazing trips all over the world. Everything from like a short city break to a cruise or a family trip to Disney. I, I can do a fantastic variety of holidays brilliant sounds great well this is the thing uh we we talked about travel on the show last time but we talked about the issues surrounding cancellations and you know because of quarantine and isolation etc i really i really want to get people excited about traveling again so we're going to talk to you about some destinations so you've chosen a few destinations to tell us all about so yeah just just take it away right yeah i totally agree i would love to start talking about happy holidays and and you know turn the conversation to some future planning um so yeah I I suggested perhaps that we talk about a beautiful country that I visited recently Costa Rica um yeah because that is really now on the sort of 
hot list you know it's become a real in destination to visit because it has so much on offer um just for everyone's benefit costa rica is in central america so um just south of mexico um and it's a really diverse country Uh, i went there last october and i had an amazing time um so there's so much to do it's only small it's easy to get around but there's so much to do and Mm -hmm. if you're a wildlife enthusiast and if you're really into nature then it's absolutely the place for you um also if you love adventure sports and the outdoors and you're a bit of an adrenaline junkie then there's some great stuff you can do right um i mean i will go into a bit more detail but just to give you like a a quick overview in costa rica you've got rainforests because it's very tropical climate so you've got the rainforests you've got volcanoes uh, gorgeous beaches um, and like I said so much wildlife so you can go on lots of nature hikes and boat trips and it's it's really beautiful yeah it I mean I've 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 looked at it <laughs> oh, good. I, didn't, I didn't know what to make uh, of Costa Rica because obviously I'd seen you know that there is you know mostly rainforest isn't it and there is a lot of wildlife and that yeah. and, um, I wasn't sure I'm into all that but I thought is that all there is to do but you've just said there's lots of like adrenaline um pumping activities and things like that as well so yeah. yeah tell us a bit about that then you know what what kind of um activities do they have oh there's loads and it's great for um everyone because like when i obviously like i said i have a little boy and i thought oh you surely don't take children to costa rica i mean maybe not a one-year-old but i did see <laughs> <laughs> i did see families over there with kids like from age six and upwards so it's a family destination it's also great for honeymooners or you could sign up for an organized tour Mm -hmm. um, where they'll take you to various highlights around the country Um, that's kind of what I did Uh, I was on a small organized tour and we went to an area in the middle of the country called La Fortuna which is by the Arenal volcano And, and that is the heart of all the sort of outdoor sports and activity centers mm-hmm. so we did zip lining which wow. uh, yeah it was amazing I mean I'm quite a scaredy cat <laughs> <laughs> I'm not one for climbing trees and, and going zip lining and stuff like that but you know I was there and I thought this is an amazing opportunity and it was so high so high so fast there were seven of them it's not like you have to be brave and just do one there were seven <laughs> What do you mean there was seven? So you seven one, different zip lines. And then you go in another one. And then you yeah, go in another one. The only one. way to get down the mountain. Oh, my God. No, don't take up a I know. And I remember I kept thinking, be brave. right? And I was doing like, I was like counting them down in my head. I was like, five left, four left, three oh, left. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm not really enjoying this. But that's because it's me and I'm, like I said, I'm not well, really. I, w- I would be exactly the same. If oh, I'm honest with you, I didn't realise. But I'm so glad I did it. I'm sure that's not true at every activity centre. There's probably ones that aren't quite so hardcore. But Yeah, yeah. So you can go zip lining, which was amazing. You can go whitewater rafting, which is brilliant fun. Yeah. Um, horse riding. Um, oh, and also in that area, because you're by the volcano, there's some really beautiful thermal hot springs. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, which is obviously not adrenaline, but after all your adrenaline. Oh, yeah, you need, you need to relax. <laughs> you can go and chill out at the hot springs. Yeah. So that so was... do they do like a full day of like everything or can you just pick and choose? You can pick and choose. Um, I mean, if you book with a personal travel consultant like me, um, I can sort of add those elements into your trip. Mm-hmm. So you can say, look, we love zip lining or, or we want to go horse riding and I'll just be able to plan you like a half day trip with a driver who will come and pick you up and take you to the activity center and um so you don't yeah I mean it, you, it can be as busy a holiday as you want or as relaxing a holiday as you want wow and weather wise mm. you said you went in October yeah is it hot there all year round or it's hot all year round definitely um because it's by the equator um but it's like any tropical destination they do have a wet season um which runs from may to november now that doesn't mean it rains the whole time um i mean i went in october and which is the wet season and we had a a bit of rain probably most days but not all day long yeah um and also it's worth knowing that if you do go in the wet season the the prices are going to be lower so you're going to you know you're going to get a better value for money holiday and also anything may onwards basically that's the wet season. I mean, the, the peak season, if you really want to go for like proper warm, dry weather, then go after November, like right. November to April. Yeah. Right. Okay. Wow. So it's completely different. That's, that's interesting. It is. But one of the nice things about the low season, the wet season, is there weren't many people there. So you've got these gorgeous tropical beaches all to yourself. Oh, wow. That yeah. would be idyllic, wouldn't it? Yeah. So uh, I'm a foodie. I love my food. I used to be a chef. I do create. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, I, I do create a lot of, um, you know, different cuisines and what have you for my family and friends and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to Mexico a couple of years ago and picked up loads of tips on what I thought Mexican food was isn't. No, that's um, true. Yeah, and, and is it similar to Mexico in terms of food and culture, or is it completely yeah. different? No, I think it's similar to Mexico. It's a, it's more laid back than Mexico, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's yeah. The food is quite similar. Obviously, the culture is quite similar. They speak Spanish. Yeah. Um, but Costa Rica is a real. No disrespect to Mexico, is a really safe country. Okay. Mexico is a bit more turbulent. You really have to have your wits about you if you're traveling through Mexico. In Costa Rica, yeah. it's very safe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the food is similar. It's mostly your sort of um, beans and corn and rice and tortillas and things like that. Healthy, uh, but healthy, right? It is healthy, yeah. And they have wonderful seafood. Um, oh my god, I love seafood. <laughs> I well, love Costa Rica seafood. is one side the Pacific coast and the other side the Caribbean coast. Mm-hmm. So you're just surrounded by an abundance of of seafood and also two nice different cultures. Because you get the sort of more Caribbean vibe, obviously, on the yeah. east side of the country. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, also, um, where did you stay? You know, where are the best places to stay, do you reckon, in Costa Rica? Because there's, there's quite a bit of choice, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I would suggest um, maybe staying in two or three different places rather than spending the whole trip at one resort. Um, yeah. Because it's quite diverse, you know, you've got the rainforests. You also have the cloud forest, which is really beautiful. That's near Monte Verde, which yeah. is up in the 
in the hills obviously that's where the clouds come in that's just gorgeous Mm -hmm. and then a bit further south you have a really beautiful area called Manuel Antonio um, where they've got a beautiful national park and amazing beaches so that's worth a visit yeah Um, there's I'm kind of jumping around the country here but on the northeast side on the Caribbean is an area called Tortuguero which is where you can see nesting turtles. You can go on night trips. If you're lucky, if you're lucky, you can go on night trips and see the turtles come up onto the beach to lay their eggs, and which is really special. Um, so what I would suggest with Costa Rica is probably to work with a specialist to organize a bit of a tour so that you can, so that you can see as much of the country as possible, you know, in the time you've got. Absolutely, yeah, because yeah. you do, you know, you don't want to just... I mean, for me, personally, I know not everybody's into this, but I don't want to travel all that way or anywhere long haul and just sit on a beach all day, you know. No, I, I, I want to see the country, mm-hmm. I want to soak up the culture, you know, because it's, you know, you've got to, it's an experience. You might not go back there again, so... Absolutely. I'll, when I go on, on those kind of trips, I cram so much in, I'm exhausted by the end. <laughs> yeah, you need another holiday to get over yeah. the holiday. <laughs> Fantastic. So, yeah, that sounds really, really exciting. Um, So what other destinations do you reckon we'd be looking at? Because obviously we spoke before of Mm -hmm. recording and you were saying that you reckon everything might get up and running again kind of wintertime. Yes, I hope so. I mean, it's all a bit of a guessing game at the moment, but um, the way I'm approaching it is obviously there's been lots of cancellations for this summer, but I've decided like, like you, you know, I want to get people excited about travel. So I'm now focusing more on winter sun, Mm -hmm. um, sort of more long haul destinations. So like Costa Rica. um, Also, I've had a few inquiries for Australia because the back end of the year like November onwards is the perfect time to go to Australia Uh Um, a lot of people fly over there for the Christmas and New Year's celebrations Um, and then obviously January February is their summer so it's an it's a nice chance to get away from the UK winter the UK winter which is diabolical isn't it yeah it's a bit bit depressing (laughs) yeah so So, I I've looked at Australia before. It's a long, long way, it isn't is, it? Yes. Um, but I know you can stop over, and I've got family in Hong Kong. So, whenever I've thought, oh, maybe Australia, I can always go to Hong Kong for a little bit first, and then you know do the second. Definitely, yeah, good plan. Australia. Yeah. But I I've got some questions about Australia because one thing I do know, like I, I've got some friends who live over there, um, and I always thought, is it not just like a, a, a very warm? <laughs> outdoorsy britain that's a fair question um <laughs> obviously in some respects yes um because it's you know english speaking um we have a really strong history with australia and i i asked myself that question actually you know in case my clients might say the same thing and mm-hmm. and then the more i thought about it and the more research i've been to australia a couple of times but the more research i did i thought it's really not like the uk at all no. um firstly it's absolutely massive and the UK is tiny. tiny you know, yeah. What you've got to remember about Australia is it's about the same size as the whole of Europe. So you're not going to see the whole country on a two or three week trip. Mm-hmm. You've, you've got to pick some highlights. So Australia is massive. I would suggest to see a few places you actually fly internally rather than drive because mm. um, it's just going to take ages to drive around. Mm. The wildlife is completely different to the UK. I mean, you're not going to see kangaroos on the street in Manchester. <laughs> oh, well, no. That would, that would be uh, riveting, to be honest with you. It's a bit <laughs> cool, isn't it, Manchester? As a destination. So, you know, there's amazing wildlife in um, 
Australia, kangaroos, koalas, possums, and it's it's like a totally wild, different landscape. Um, mm. Plus, it's worth visiting alone just for iconic, amazing cities like Sydney. I mean, you've seen Sydney in the movies, and it's it's breathtaking. It's a really beautiful, exciting city. So, in some respects, I'd say it's worth the long flight just to go and visit Sydney. <laughs> and is the Sydney Opera House as big as it looks? It's it's gorgeous. It's very impressive, and not just that, but I think it's the setting. It's you know the Opera House on one side and the bridge on the other side, mm-hmm. and this beautiful mm-hmm. blue ocean. And oh yeah, yeah. It's I think it should be on everyone's bucket list. <laughs> Australia. Yeah. So where, where are the kind of hot spots then? You've said Sydney. Where else? Where else could people go to? Because it is so big. Yeah, I would say if we base it on sort of a, you've got to go to Australia for a minimum of two weeks because of the long journey. Yeah. Um, so if on a two to three week trip, I would say spend five or six days in Sydney because there's also some great day trips you you can do from Sydney to the Blue Mountains and you can visit the vineyards um so oh, yeah <laughs> yeah it's a really nice day out actually in the hunter valley that's definitely worth a trip um so start in sydney then maybe go down to melbourne which is um i think a two-hour flight um from sydney spend a few days in melbourne because that's a cool city mm-hmm. um it, i would definitely go into the middle of the country to what's known as the red center to visit Ayers rock or uluru it's called oh yeah it's called yeah. uluru now because you can uh, learn a lot about the Aboriginal history and culture in that part of Australia. Oh wow, that would be interesting. Yeah, actually. and you can do some hiking, and you can, if if you wanted to, you could do a scenic uh, evening flight at sunset over the rock, which is you know really special. Um, and then I'd go up north. I'd go up north to Queensland to visit the Great Barrier Reef um, because oh, yeah. you know that's one of the wonders of the world. And if you're into diving. Um, and marine life and, and beautiful beaches and all that kind of thing, then then you don't want to miss the Great Barrier Reef. Oh, absolutely not, no. Mm. Oh, so I want to go on holiday talking about all of oh, this. <laughs> I want to go on holiday, I do. So um, so obviously you said the hot season there, their sort of uh, sort of hot season is like January, isn't it really? So yeah, that's the, like the, the best seasons time are back to front, yeah. So when, we're, when it's the UK winter, it's the Australian summer and, and the other way and vice versa. Okay, and what are the winters like in Australia? Are they cold like here? Or? Oh no, 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 no. Um, I think they. I think the Australians consider fifteen degrees cold. <laughs> oh wow, <laughs> that's like a, that is our sort. I know. So even if you go to Australia in sort of June, July, it's not going to be cold. It might rain a bit more, but it it won't be cold. No. Okay, so price wise mm-hmm. for kind of australia like you said don't go for anything less than two weeks mm-hmm. because it's so far to travel mm-hmm. what kind of price range you know would would like let's say a family of three or four be looking at that's tricky because it depends on lots of different factors like you know what sort of travelers are you do you like to, are you comfortable staying in b&bs or, or do you want to stay in luxury hotels mm-hmm. um you know how much traveling do you want to do once you get there Mm. um and also everything's kind of unpredictable right now (laughs) yeah because normally let's say you know we we didn't have covid and there hadn't been a lockdown uh normally i'd say for a family of three for two or three weeks to australia upwards of eight grand ten ten grand probably but it's one of those holidays that you are going to pay more money for 
because yeah. it's a it's so far away and b it's so special yeah um so I would say budget for a family around ten thousand pounds probably yeah and you know a lot of people I do speak to a lot of people about holidays because I love travel as well mm. and a lot of people go god that's you know like six seven eight grand is so expensive but actually I've been looking at like country retreats in in England yeah you know in these like special tree houses and what have you and some of those like for four days is about four thousand yeah exactly and it, it's so, it's a question yeah. of how much what value do you put on travel I mean, for me, and obviously this is going to sound biased because I work in travel, but <laughs> any of my disposable income goes on travel. That That's my passion. And I think it's money well spent. Yeah. Like, I'd rather spend, you know, 100 quid on a flight to Rome than I would on a new handbag. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it, it, depends yeah. What's, it depends what's important to you. Absolutely. You know, some people like retail therapy, don't they? Like every weekend or what have you. And some people just save the money and go on an amazing holiday. And and another thing I think, and it's become very apparent at the moment while we're all stuck here and we're all stressed and going through these funny times, is the memories that you create when you travel are priceless. Mm. Like, you know, those Facebook time pop-ups where they show you pictures of what you were doing a year ago. Yeah, like that happened to me yesterday, and my holiday to Ibiza popped up, and I was like, "Oh!" But then, <laughs> then you get happy, and you remember all the amazing stuff you did. And yeah, yeah. So that that is money well spent, I think. It definitely is. Creating memories is well worth it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you know? yeah. So I know we were talking about winter sun, but um, I mean, I've heard in the news lately that kind of Italy and Spain are getting ready to welcome tourism again. I mean, have you heard that too, or, or I, I imagine it? No, I've heard, I've heard it, and then you get all excited about it. But then, when you actually, I, I found anyway with the few articles that I've read, it's all still quite vague. Mm. And obviously, I'm trying my best to keep my clients up to date with the latest information, but I don't want to create any false hope. Mm. Um, and also, it's hard to know. Like, even if we were allowed to go to Spain in July, let's say, it's hard to know what that holiday is going to look like. Yeah, you know, is it going to be a social distance holiday? I think it will have to be. I think it yeah. will have to be. Um, but that depends on your expectations. And if you just want a, a lazy week on, you know, on the beach in the sun, and you're happy, you're comfortable with that, then go for it. Mm. I mean, I'm I'm still hoping to go to Ibiza in September. So fingers crossed. We'll see. Fingers crossed. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're not we're not going anywhere this year, which is quite depressing. I but, think um, that's true for a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> but but you're you're saying Ibiza as well so let's mm-hmm. talk about that have you been before I have been so many times it's my favorite really? place in the whole world yeah well so because you've mentioned it I <laughs> obviously years ago like had a lot of friends that went over there for the clubbing element yeah it, the party season what have you but I have had um some clients of mine actually that have been and said it's absolutely beautiful and scenic. It is. It's amazing. You don't realise it's not all about the club scenes. So I am I am saying that to people. I'm always saying that to people. Oh, Ibiza's not what you think. Right. So tell us about it then. What what is there? Well, I've been going to Ibiza since I was fifteen, so for like twenty years. Um um, and it's I've I've seen the party side, you know, when I was younger, and and now I go with my son to the quiet side. Um, Ibiza is really magical. It's it's got something for everyone, so it is nice for families, but it's also great for a bunch of girls, you know, who want a girly weekend. Yeah. Um, it's actually very quiet if 
if that's what you want. If you mm-hmm. go up to the north of the island, you can find some wonderful yoga retreats and quiet little beaches. And um, there's loads of great, you said you were a foodie. There's loads of great restaurants and great food in Ibiza. Yeah. Very important to me. <laughs> <laughs> there's, honestly, there's some re- really sort of high-end uh, restaurants with amazing food, but then there's also some great casual beach bars um, and it's got a very innovative food scene. There's always new chefs moving there and um, there's obviously great nightlife um, mm. with the with the big major clubs. But then there's also sort of chilled rooftop bars and cafes where you can go if you don't want to go clubbing. Nice. Um, I would definitely suggest hiring a car, actually. You know, Ibiza's not a very big island, so get out and about and, and go and explore the little inland villages and find yourself a hidden cove secret beach for the day or something it's Ibiza's gorgeous I I love it there yeah yeah and where else in Spain now you see I've never been to Spain I took Spanish in school oh my god I I took Spanish in school so I can speak a little bit of Spanish still I was quite good at it and uh, I also years ago worked in a series of Spanish restaurants so I can uh, really good with the cuisine but I've actually never been there wow (laughs) you have to go you have to go so where um, else apart from Ibiza would you say in Spain? Well, I used to live in Spain. I um I have a degree in Spanish, so oh. I I spent a year at university in Spain in a city in the north called Santiago, which is absolutely beautiful. You wouldn't believe though, here's the irony, how much it rains in the north of Spain. Oh, really? <laughs> so that was a bit of a surprise. Um yeah. but Santiago is beautiful. Uh, and then I also spent a year living in Madrid which is a fantastic city. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people overlook Madrid in favour of going to Barcelona, mm-hmm. which is also a fantastic city, but they, they're quite different. And I personally prefer Madrid. Mm. Um, Madrid's just got like real soul. It's, it's a proper, busy, very Spanish, very passionate, loud city with beautiful architecture and great tapas bars. Mm. And I love Madrid. Yeah. Um, you've you've started me off now on like my favourite subject in the world, Spain. So you'll you'll have to you'll have to shut me up. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. Carry on. I'm really interested. Like I said, I've never been so, and I know there's so many different destinations in Spain, and they are all very different, aren't they? So another wonderful um, idea for a Spanish holiday is to do a road trip of Andalusia. Andalusia is a region in the south of Spain, so you would fly into Malaga. Mm-hmm. And then hire a car and you can, my husband and I did this a few years ago, you can sort of take nine or ten days and visit loads of gorgeous cities while you're in Andalusia. You can go to Granada, you can go to Seville, Uh, Ronda is very pretty. And then you can go back to the Costa del Sol and spend a couple of days at the beach at the Mm -hmm. end. Mm -hmm. So that would be an amazing trip. Yeah. It sounds amazing. Yeah. Uh and what what's weather like? Is it different per region or? Yes. Um, yeah. Like I said, when I moved to Santiago, I got a nasty shock because I couldn't believe how much it rained. <laughs> um, but that's on the northwest, um, like just above Portugal. So it's very wet up there. But then the rest of Spain tends to be wonderful weather. Um, you know, quite dry, sunny, a lot of sunshine. Mm-hmm. If you're going to the real south, like Seville or Murcia, it's very, very hot um, from like April to August, probably 36 degrees, something like that, yeah. 
which is wonderful but just remember to wear sun cream and drink a lot of water and um because us brits can't handle the heat sometimes <laughs> no, no no definitely not um so like for instance would you say that it was sort of hotter in the summer like our summers because it's Europe or do you get winter sun there as well? Mm, no, I I think if you were hoping for a proper sunny, warm winter sunbreak, I wouldn't suggest Spain. Not between probably the not between November and the end of March, let's say, because it's really not that different to the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, but a good destination which is Spanish and is not too far to fly if you did want winter sun is the Canaries. So like, you know, Tenerife, Lanzarote, um, that's only a four hour flight, but you, but you get nice weather there in the UK winter. Mm. So well, we went. Lanzarote is another one though, isn't it? Like a lot of people go, oh, it's a bit kind of British holiday-ish, but apparently not. Apparently Lanzarote is pretty gorgeous as well and scenic. Yeah, it's in a completely different way to Ibiza because the Canary Islands are, are volcanic islands. So they're quite barren, but they have really amazing sort of lunar landscapes yeah. um and i think it's like any holiday though in europe if you choose to, to hire a car or whatever or spend the day away from the british resorts you're gonna see the real culture and the and the real life um so the, it, it's you know lanzarote is a great holiday destination especially in the uk winter amazing well, you know, I could talk about this all day. I really <laughs> Me too. <laughs> it's so exciting. And I really do hope that our listeners have really sort of got some food for thought, if you like, about their travel and are getting excited, because I definitely am. Yeah. Um, but yeah, do you want to tell everybody where they can find you if they want any more information about what you've spoken about today or maybe a different destination? Yeah, thank you. Um, well, I've um obviously got a facebook page and a website i only i'm based in cheadle so i work with a lot of clients from sort of south manchester area if you go on facebook and basically type in lucy may m-a-y allen a-l-l-e-n then you'll come to my not just travel page which is full of special offers and great travel tips um and you'll find my contact details on there too my phone number and stuff even if you just everything's a bit uncertain right now people don't know what the future of travel is going to look like but just call me with any questions and you know I I love helping people plan holidays so yeah yeah. brilliant that's fantastic and you've said before uh, that you you've started doing some Facebook lives as well yeah I have just for fun just like you you know you it's it's just a happy topic talking about travel so um yeah I, I'm trying to do them sort of once a week I'm picking a different destination every time just to share some of my travel experiences with people mm-hmm. um and just to sort of help keep the wanderlust alive <laughs> brilliant it sounds great I'm definitely going to go and watch that would be great yeah like I said I could talk about this all day it's getting me all excited well, but, we'll have to go for a coffee when we're allowed. And we oh, can, definitely. We can definitely. talk about it. Sit there all day and talk about travel. That'd be yeah. amazing. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining You're welcome. me, Lucy. And take care for the rest of this lockdown. And, thank uh, you. You yeah. too. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks. 
who we got cut off a bit sharply there but thank you so much to lucy from not just travel for joining us again on the show she's really given us some great insights into those beautiful destinations if you want to know any more about the destinations mentioned on today's show then please do get in touch with her if you want to know anything about any other destinations worldwide i am sure lucy will be able to help you because she's full of knowledge really really passionate about what she does as well so i'm sure she'll be more than happy to help you with your questions and queries so that's the end of the show now today guys thank you so much for joining me again i really appreciate all the positive feedback we are getting from each and every show we put out every monday and as long as we're getting the positive feedback we will continue to do this next week we are talking about hospitality and how we are going to get back into socializing with our friends and family going to the pub going to our favorite restaurant going to events we're going to be talking to some business owners and also some event organizers but until then please stay safe everybody take care and keep smiling <laughs>